0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Phil Cross Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. And, and I'm
1: your co-host, Kurt.
0: Oh, sorry. We fucked that and up. And then we have a what is it? What's a, what's second to a co-host? Uh assistance. 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 a bo- guest. We have a guest. Bo host. <laughs> <laughs> host. Where, how
1: the hell did you come up
0: with what's that? it's alphabetical. You go bo host co-host. <laughs> okay. Either bo host you or do
1: host. Up. A B-, <laughs> B C D or DCB. All right. I'm now dumber having listened to that. Oh. <laughs> so we're actually in Las Vegas. He'd Nevada. be a guest.
0: He's Me. a guest. I don't even talk about him right now. Oh, okay. I <laughs> <laughs> Today's guest on our podcast is a uh, buddy of ours that we've known for what about a year now but his name is Travis Hess and his Instagram account is at Travis Hess underscore but Travis is a uh Former mill guy, veteran of uh, four years, right? Active duty, and then went into the reserves and uh, does protection for a living that we won't really talk about because he's on a, under a non-disclosure. And also does a lot of marketing and stuff with off-road vehicles. Like he's got this phenomenal Toyota 4Runner build that he's tricked out that's on display at SEMA. And he's he's helped us before with marketing and everything else. Him and his uh, significant other, Mrs. <laughs>
1: <you> Mrs. <laughs> What's Hess. No, Chelsea. Buddy. Yeah. Mrs. Mrs. Hess. Che- Chelsea.
0: <laughs> Chelsea Hess. She's your fiance, right? No, no. Girlfriend. Oh, sorry. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> so, who's wifey in your cell phone?
2: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> That's, yeah. Oh, well, My bad. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, Travis, thanks for being here on the podcast.
2: No worries. I I just
0: better. destroyed your reputation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on social media set me up for failure that's it man yeah. so we want to talk to you about things that are going on in current events because we always kick it off with current events kind of get your perspective and then also talk about your build and the relationships that you've kind of uh i was going to do something quirky like sema and sealed
1: or something like i don't know it just didn't make sense <laughs> to me I-, I need more coffee we need to tell everybody where we're at because this is like uh i just said it no we're in las vegas yeah We're in Las Vegas. Uh, We're actually recording this podcast at our Airbnb, no big deal. In our underwear. In our underoos, all of us, (laughs) which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, we're at SEMA. Uh, Obviously my truck is on display there, the Fieldcraft Tacoma build for Gold Star Teen Adventures. Um, And we're gonna have some other cool guests later today and we're going to record another podcast and do that i'm not going to tell you who it is yet you'll find out when that podcast drops yeah a lot of them too yeah we got mason coming in and that's right
0: so a lot of them, good ones pearls out in the yard getting in the and she just gave me the
1: guilty look she looked yeah back. we're gonna whatever the deposit was i'm pretty sure they're taking it out of all of our yeah. checking account, she ripped so. out all the plumbing in <laughs> the entire house <laughs> she's pulling a life And now she's raping the uh, backyard. So, (laughs) yeah. Everything in the backyard. Everything. Digging, pulling out irrigation systems. It's lights. It's not good. Are you done? Yeah, I am. Okay,
0: let's move on. (laughs) Travis, tell us about yourself, man. You're uh, you're a man's man. Um, We just found (laughs) out this morning. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, we found out this morning he was on an MTV show when he was like 17, 18. And he was in bedazzled skull (laughs) jeans on MTV.
1: It's a show. It's a, it's a show, right? You guys. Yeah, it's a show. It was like one of those uh, parental control things. No, I forgot you know, about it. Sit next to a star, MTV star. Yeah, yeah. I
2: made it. Is that uh, how you got your fame? Like your... <laughs> Is that where it started? Yeah, that's where it started. It started. <laughs> I was slinging myself to MTV. No, they. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that whole thing until one of my other army buddies um, brought it up. Yeah, I had a
0: girlfriend when I was uh, in high school that had the same jeans from Hot Topic. They're pretty. (laughs) No, the belt.
2: The belt was from Hot Topic. Oh, okay. The The pants were from Buckle. They They, were. Yeah, yeah. he had an Affliction T-shirt on. (laughs) Yep. All skulls, head to toe.
1: Actually, tell the story about how uh, the guys that you used to work with in the military. Uh, yeah, anyway. discovered that episode because you have a buddy that was in uh, Germany that was wounded, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like hanging out. You're telling the story. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I should let him tell it. Sorry.
2: It's a cool story. I woke up this morning to a bunch of tags, a bunch of people tagging my name and stuff and uh, on Facebook. So I looked I looked into it and it one of my buddies, I, just, I won't name, but he, he's in Germany. Uh, took around to the hand out in Afghanistan, and uh, he's just hanging out. So he's watching MTV reruns all day. <laughs> Hell yeah! And this video pops up, and he goes, "I think that's Hess." And so he posted a picture of it and tagged every single person in our in our uh, company. And sure enough, it just one thing led to another. And I had I had to confirm it. I wish I could deny it. <laughs> yeah. So if I screen capture that on Facebook and then put it on Instagram. Do
0: it. Then it would, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. I think it'd be fun.
2: See where I came from.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Did
2: Gauges, you... some skull belts. Oh yeah. So yeah. Y-
0: that was before you went in the army, right?
2: Right before. Okay.
0: And then right after that, you went in, where, where did you go into the army as? Like, what was your job? Oh, yeah. 11 Bravo. 11 Bravo's infantry, right? Mm-hmm. Infantry, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm playing the devil's
1: apple. <laughs> <laughs> so those so that I don't know. What is that 11 Bravo?
0: What is that thing called? So, uh, how was your experience in the military? Cause you did, uh, four years. Tell us about your experiences in the,
2: in the army. Looking back on it, it was good. Uh, obviously going through the military, you have your little ups and downs, it's a roller coaster ride, but, um, I was actually put with, with the old guard, mm-hmm. the same unit that, that you were with when mm-hmm. you started out. And that kind of was my ending point. So, uh, it was an honorable job and I learned a lot about life in general and the positivity and outlook on, on, you know, what uh, other soldiers do for, for the country and, you know, doing their job overseas and. Um, Just opens your, broadens your horizon on what what life really means and taking value and not just the big things, but the little things. You got out and then you went to the reserves and you went back home, right? You moved back to California? Originally, yeah. Originally, I was actually going to stay in Virginia. Um, But then just looking at job opportunities and quality of life, um, real close to my family and I had some friends back here, so decided to, um, since that MOS didn't, Correlate with much besides being a cop or going to work for some government agency. Yeah, I decided I wanted to go and look into finance, um, and so I went to the reserves, went to Long Beach, and that lasted about six, seven months. <laughs> so you actually, were a eleven Bravo finance clerk. Eleven Bravo finance <laughs> clerk. <laughs> that, That's that awesome. It was it was actually pretty sweet because all I had to do is help them on their range days and yeah. their little two weeks out of the summer and help them out with that, but. It was great I, it wasn't it wasn't bad i was there wasting time essentially yeah it was and you're completely out of that now right completely out of it yeah actually december is the last is my final 2017 it's IRR. and then it's done nice yeah. when you got out
0: did you have any transitional issues like when you got out you're like civilian life blows or did you was it pretty seamless? Did you integrate pretty, pretty well back in civilian life?
2: Well, I feel like a lot of people have a hard time integrating because of the things that they've, they've done. You know, the guys who have actually been in theater and, you know, uh, seen those things and been in actual war. I think it's definitely harder. It's a different, uh, way of transitioning, but I feel like the transition for any veteran is, is basically the same. They need to find a meaning and they need to find a belonging where people around them, uh, have a reason to need them because in the military we we always have a need some someone always needs something from us and we always have a structure as to what our day is going to be like you know when to wake up you know what uniform you have to wear you know sometimes when you're going to get off yeah there's Um, a lot of structure there a lot of structure so when you get out and you don't have that you know that's why a lot of you know a lot of guys kind of get a little wild when they get out is because they don't have that structure anymore and they don't know which direction to take or they go and they jump their GI bill and they waste away their GI bill on some you know ridiculous uh, degree that <clears throat> they don't even have a fondness of they don't have an interest in it. It's just one way to get money. I think that you said
0: like the need. I, I've never thought about that, but that's pretty true because I'm needy. Like I need, <laughs> I need. It's funny because that's part of like when I in relationships and career and life. Like We we want to be needed. We want to feel like we're needed. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right because when the military, we're always needed and yeah. we're always
1: wanting uh, to feel that so we feel purpose because mm-hmm. that's like the pre the execution of a purpose. I think that's the whole thing like we were talking about with uh, what Sebastian Younger talks about in tribe is a sense of belonging. People need that. And there's a reason why young men join the military to prove themselves or... Uh, to do things like that, because it's in our DNA. So when you leave that, um, obviously, you have that military tribe, like we've talked about in several other podcasts, you come back home, and that tribe is different. They don't have the same standards that you have that you've learned in the military, um, the work ethic, some different things. Obviously, not all people are like that, right? But um, I think specifically, like in uh, combat arms units and special operations units, those are special units to be in because uh there's a lot of discipline there there's a lot of structure and um you know it's a it's a special tribe to be a part of and then when you leave that uh, that's what we've talked about a bunch is those transitional issues you don't find a tribe like that which is i think honestly why mike and i work together now because we're always looking for dudes that are like that you know like we were we are and so it's easy for us to work together because we're used to how we operate
0: Yeah. That's why our circle is small, you know, and it's very (laughs) Fieldcraft is two of us. I have lots of friends, Kurt (laughs) and Pearl, both of them. What were some ways that you kind of found that, you know, that belonging or or that need or or that purpose that you're talking about?
2: It's the same way. I mean, you guys are. It's it's finding people that, um, you know, the conversations I had with friends outside of the military compared to the conversation I had with friends in the military, we can say some really weird stuff and yeah. people, people don't questions. judge you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it was just that. And, and then mindset is, is a huge thing. Um, work ethic. Um, and so when I came at, when I moved back home, uh, like I said, I'm close to my family and that is, you know, family is your tribe. That's your, that's the first sense of belonging that you really have yeah. in life. And so, um, I felt like that would be the best way for me just to come back. And um, so that helped you a lot. It helped. It helped out a lot. And actually, being in the res, in the reserves helped out a lot. Even though a lot of things that is done in the reserves is kind of questionable. Yeah. People showing up with pink PT belts and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. Honestly, in the end of it, you know, if I were to look back on it, what really helped out was this job. You know, I'm surrounded by veterans who, uh, you know, have done your a lot protection more than, job. Yeah. Yeah. Done a lot more than, than I ever did, but they. Uh, okay. It's a brotherhood, and you. Everyone's got their back, and. uh, it's a good time. It's, it is a little tribe essentially because I'm with them more than I'm with my family. Yeah. yeah. So, That's cool, man. so you're. It's not the larpers that you used to hang out with. <laughs> when you do medieval times. Some of them are. Some of them you're like yeah. a little questionable. We we'll give them like little uh, nicknames because they're a little too high speed for what they're doing. Yeah. Showing up in five elevens head to toe with their <laughs> pants tucked in. You're like well, easy guy. You're here.
1: No they're, offense to five eleven. They're five like, <laughs> eleven pounds or pants or bloused in their bloused, boots. Creased. Oh <laughs> yeah. polish their boots. Got the peg leg yeah, rocking,
0: crazy. Hell yeah. yeah. They're putting a ranger roll in their normal hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, their trucker Bro, hat. you're not in anymore. <laughs> Stop it. Oh. So you pick up that job and then you start doing um marketing stuff. And I'm you know, the first time I met you was probably a year ago. And we were talking before that about you know, marketing intros and stuff. And that seems like it's always been a niche for you because you're a master manipulator. And so <laughs> you're good at... You make it sound bad. No, dude. that's a good thing. <laughs> it's called M&M, you're a master manipulator. And then, um, so you know it's good. You're good at bridging gaps, which is taking, you know, two like-minded or like-minded uh, companies and people and then joining them together. You're yeah, like it's
1: a... got good communication
0: skills. Yeah, theory. facilitator. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're a good facilitator. Where, where did you... Is that something that you're always interested in? Or is that just a knack that you have?
2: Well, it 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 depends on who you asked.
0: (laughs) He won that show, by the way, on MTV. So that's where it started. Oh, you got
2: the
1: date? I got the date. Wow. I didn't go anywhere. Oh, Um, yeah. She was actually a dude. Womp, womp,
2: womp. (laughs) Um... I don't know. It was it was one of those things where I mean, if you ask my parents, I've always been a manipulator. It's always it's kind of just you're selling. You're like always selling something. Yeah. Um, But uh, (laughs) every day I'm hustling. Every day, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) I just I like what you what you said. Bridging the gap. That's where I I'd I'd rather bridge the gap than sell something, um, because being that connection, I've always had this you know dream idea of being the connection between people, right? I find pleasure in bringing in a good person and connecting them with another good person or a good company with a good company or, or, you know, mix it, mix and match. So, um, it, and it it usually works out because when, you know, good people with like-minded goals get together, they create some great things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So that, that's kind of where we're pushed. And when I got out, I I did some in the military and then I did, I did marketing before I went into the military. I, I don't have a degree in it. Um, I just enjoy pushing good products out to people and seeing people's reaction when they actually use it. Yeah. Um, when I got out of the military, I kind of started, I got into, um, this, the overland scene or the off-road scene, taking, you know, the vehicle out where most people only dream they can get to. And, um, I wanted to find good companies who had innovative products that were new, that needed help with whether it be the branding or finding what their identity is or what their message should be. And then, um, the proper way of pushing their product. And um, I reason why I go for little companies is little companies are more true to themselves still, whereas like larger, huge, you know, extremely big companies kind of are more focused on the sale than they are the consumer. And I feel like that's a big issue these days. And um, that's where I want to help bridge that gap is bringing these smaller communities or smaller um, products and companies to individuals who actually use them and enjoy them. So that's cool, man. You said, you said that that was a dream, like that you
1: actually, that was something that you had always wanted to do or something that interests you or
2: it's interesting to me. I mean, I've had multiple dreams. I mean, I'm, I'm a dreamer. I always, I always will sit down and think to myself of way, which way I can go, which direction I can take. Um, but this one seems to be more natural and And lately it's been, it's been really the feedback I've been getting is really good. Um, so it's, it's definitely a possible route. I
1: actually think that's, that's really good. So when you talk about transitional things, it's like, Hey, conscious thought about what interests you and what you want to do. Right? So it's like, if you're a vet listening to this or not, not maybe a vet or an active duty guy or gal who's getting ready to get out, but it's like, Hey, invest some time and actually think about what you like to do. Um, I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest lessons learned for me is I contracted for special operations command out of McDill Air Force Base for about six or seven months after I got out of the military it was a great job and it was worth doing. It was actually helping wounded, injured and ill veterans, um, or actually active duty service members inside of SOCOM. The problem was I was sitting in an office and I had never sat in an office before and I didn't really think about it. Yeah, it was a safe job. Uh, you know, I got paid a decent salary and, you know, I was at home with the wife and kids and it was all comfy. And but for me, it wasn't what I was used to. And it actually started to, to take a toll on me mentally. And uh, probably three to four months into that job, I'd actually called Mike and talked to him about moving out west and working. And it wasn't necessarily for field craft. And then it just everything ended up working, working out. But I didn't put a lot of time and energy. Um, I looked for different jobs and I wondered what I would like to do. And I was trying to figure out what I could be passionate about still. And, um, you know, I should have put more time and energy into it and not played it so safe and picking what I I ended up doing for six or seven months getting out. But don't forget this. uh, Life goes on. Um, Even if you make the wrong decision when you first get out or whatever that ends up being, hey, you can shift fire. You can shift and lift fire and go and do something else. And don't be afraid to do it.
2: I think the big problem is and I, I dealt with it too is a lot of us get out without having a plan we're told for you know almost a year to have a plan when to, when to get out right? right we don't take it seriously we think you know it's pushing our heads that we're going to have a job when we get out right um i mean when i first got out my first job was i was a barista and i worked in a coffee shop and yeah se- and served wine and stuff but the problem is is that when people get into these jobs they end up being getting a little complacent right and complacency kills right and it does in a lot of different areas in our lives right whether it's we talk about survival or whatever right mental health whatever and I think people start looking at the the work week I was like compared to like when you were a child in school at those golden stars right so they look at the work week in each day as like a golden star and their reward is the weekend right right so they're they're going day by day, trying to get those gold stars just to work, get to have that weekend off. That's a miserable way to to look at. Yeah, it's not a quality of life. We're not supposed to be working for the rest of our lives. If you're going to work and you want to put a lot of your time into it it should be something you enjoy doing.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, that that really resonates. Because I think that's what people you're exactly right. They get stuck in this loop of hey, I will work and suffer just to get that one or two days Mm -hmm. of life where they're actually living as opposed to taking their passion and doing something they love to do. And I always, like, I think about people who, even myself, when I got in the military, and I applied to 10 different jobs unconsciously. And, you know, I'm just like, whatever. I'm going to just put myself out there. You're throwing the net
1: out there. Yeah,
0: throwing the net (laughs) and hoping that you catch what you want, but you'll take what you can get. Yeah, And that's scary because you have the ability to, you know, consciously make a deliberate plan and execute it. If you just narrow your focus and instead people, you know, they want to leave it up to God or leave it up to the will of whatever. And then when it comes back, they're like, Oh, well, this is government job that I called and now I'm just going to suck it up and just be like, get into that complacent lifestyle. of looking forward to the weekend. And that's not, that's no way to live.
2: No, you're undermining your, your value. Yeah. Why you, why are you letting, another person should never determine what your value or your capabilities are. Right. That's the same thing. I mean, you and I, Kurt, last night talked about it. You know, uh, the skills you learn in the military can be applied into any job in the market. The skills and the life lessons you learn in the military is not something you will ever learn in school. Right. And so you can take any veteran, even though all these companies say they're veteran friendly, you know, they end up not hiring many. Yeah. Um, And because they don't have the uh, exact job the criteria hitting every single dot that they're looking for. But right. In all reality, they could take any veteran for the most part yeah, and put them into that job and they'll learn and adapt. Cause that's the big thing the military teaches you is adaptability. Yeah. Any curveball that's thrown at you, you adapt to it. Um, whether Great, it's, a, yeah. yeah, but so Great that, points. that job could, could be any veterans if they wanted to, they can. So if you're
1: a business it. owner and
2: you're listening right now,
1: don't be afraid to hire veterans. Obviously we encourage it, uh, because it's good to take care of vets, but they're also, If they have their shit together they're super squared away and they're a positive impact on whatever you're doing Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which is cool so what would you
0: say your weaknesses are because you know you you know everybody talks about their strengths and is there weaknesses that you have and what are you kind of doing to to improve them
2: uh weaknesses are probably i think too much so if um i i kind of dive too far into what ifs where it leads me down some multiple paths that really are unnecessary um so getting in the mindset of just staying positive of a situation is is definitely something i I work on every day and um not assuming the worst before i even get a word back Mm. if that makes sense yeah so silence not having an immediate response from somebody doesn't mean it's bad yeah and being patient understanding that if it's meant to be it's meant to be if it's not then it's not um and what i you know Sometimes they'll do is if I don't get that word back in a time frame that I personally think is the right time frame, then I'll start questioning if what I put into it was, was enough. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. It's like the scale of uh, priority. It's like your priority isn't everybody else's scale of priority. We exactly. all have different ways of looking at things. Yeah.
1: And I think that's that's a huge weakness of mind too is just having, we call it tactical patience. Yeah. It just happened to me. I was like, why isn't my wife answering me back? Yeah. She doesn't and, love me. Yeah. and then love. I had a tear rolling down my cheek and I was looking at yeah. Mike and then and I then, like, then I was like, cheer up, Camper. Yeah. It's it's going to be okay, bro. You're going to yeah. be all right. And then 2 seconds later, and then my wife texts me and she's like, uh, I'm not ignoring you. I was on the phone with my sister and I was like, oh damn, all
2: right. That's but that's a, that's a perfect point of the tribe, right? So <clears throat> you are you you you're going down that route of thinking negatively about the situation right (laughs) but then you have i'm like i'm in trouble damn it you have mike who gives you that positive outlook on it yeah. To keep you to be tactically patient, yeah, on it and wait for the response back, yep. And that's that's a huge thing, also. You have all these veterans who don't have that, they don't have that other person to give them that rise. The support network, exactly, yeah. yeah. And my support came in the frame of it was like, I'm so <laughs>
1: <sad."> <laughs> yeah. yeah, our support is usually telling each other how weak or stupid we are, yeah. And then we're like, damn, I am being stupid, or, <laughs> or I'm weak, being, yeah, a big deal. Usually, it's, Kurt's usually yeah, the like weak, no. One. no, 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 no. <laughs> Nah. Um, Dude, tell everybody how I held you in my arms uh, when you were sad about a relationship. And I was like petting you and stuff. That happens like all every day. (laughs) That's (laughs) in my life now.
0: Pearl, when Pearl's out there, Kurt's (laughs) there. Um, So, off road stuff, like, you know, off road or mobility or everyday mobility, that's kind of what we like to talk about because it's in the realm of survival. And we look at it as a platform for not only escape, which is uh, good for mental health and mindset, um, but also uh, physical evasion to uh, get off the X or get away from a c- catastrophe. And you've built out a 2016 trail um, Toyota Forerunner that, you know, when we saw each other a year ago, my Forerunner is like 10 times <laughs> better than yours. And, and now your shit's like <laughs> Robotech, it's like a transformer. Yeah. so how did how did that happen how would you how would you surpass me
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, With empty bank accounts uh, no I, um, well I guess the what what you said on escape um in today's age we're we're so uh, confined in these little spaces with all these people around that we don't know we don't trust and so I wanted to be able to have the ability to go places that there would be no one else around. You know, there's not even a footprint in the dirt that you were at. Yeah. And so um, I built, I took a forerunner had, had a Tahoe before and I, I watched this video of Expedition Overland. They did this Alaska to like Panama and now they're in South uh, America. And so cool,
1: that is cool. They
2: travel and they, they live out of their trucks. They go and provide uh, medical aid to these really small uh, Tribes, yeah, in, in these areas, and it's it, it's amazing things. So that kind of inspired me to get into it. And uh, went and bought a 2016 Toyota 4 400 Trail Edition, and then was, wasn't was planning on doing much. I kind of have a, a problem with overdoing my vehicles, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's all right, man. the yeah. missus is the, the judge of that, the right? judge, the, yeah, the judge, so, <laughs> and jury, so, and executioner, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started building. I was just going to do lifting and tires. And then one thing led to another. And it was uh, a, 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 one of the guys' name, uh, his name is Bernie. And he kind of brought me out on the trail. And I was just, I didn't really know about the Overland community or, you know, the, the off road community very much. Um, and I've always been an outdoors enthusiast, always finding different ways to enjoy it. And so this was a new route for me. And so I went into it and started seeing all these really cool trucks out there or cool rigs. If, if, if some people call it that. And, um, it was, it, it started becoming a need versus a want. And I started wanting all these things and buying what I wanted and not something, not necessarily something that I actually needed at the time. Um, but over time I started making specific purchases that applied to what I may see or what I, what the trail I'm going to be on. Um, and when I saw your truck in Nevada, when I was down there, uh, it's kind of, of course I was jealous. I mean, that thing was super <laughs> nice and then also seeing all, you know, all my friends rigs, they were, they were doing them really well. And I was like, you know what? I want to go a certain direction with mine and do all that I can and try and find parts that no one else has. And so that kind of helped raise the bar a little bit.
0: Well, what's a, you know, for an overland uh, novice or somebody who wants to get into it, uh, what are some staples of Like you have to have specific things to be able to do overlanding. Is there anything that you would lay out like top three things that you absolutely need?
2: Um, well, first you have to figure out what your plans are, what your goals are, what kind of trails you're going to go to, where you live is a huge thing. Geographic, geographic location is huge. So I think for sure your biggest thing is ground clearance. So, you know, a suspension lift, you don't have to go with, you know, the, Icon Stage Seven though we both have it and we both enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you don't need that. You can go. You can go buy a, a you know a, a relative good, relatively good suspension lift. So that way you have better ground clearance. Tires are a must too. Most most uh, especially foreigners that come with these highway tires. Yeah. They won't hold up. Worth worth anything. So just get a good all terrain. Um, what what tires
0: time. do you uh, recommend?
2: I run I've only ran toyo uh, Toyo tires. I've ran the Toyo open Country RTs, which are really good. actually those were my first off-road tire for the forerunner and they lasted a very long time um, and then I wanted to go bigger a bigger tire so I went with the toyo open country at two extremes. Well oh, what extremes <laughs> That's what sold me on it was yeah, the extreme it's part. extreme said, though. that's it um, great tires I actually only had them on for 500 miles. Um, before uh, SEMA happened, and then they wanted me to put their MTs on. And actually, now I'm the you know, I'm just gonna leave these on, which I'm going to as well. The Toyota MTs, I think we both are, yeah. We, we were, were from, definitely looking just, at them and talking about them for sure, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Definitely transition to the Toyota MTs.
2: And then, uh, outside of suspension and, and tires, I, I re- recommend medical for sure, um, just because you never know what's gonna happen out, out on the trail, a vehicle could break down and. You go hiking for gas, or even you can pull off on the side of the road, and you're walking back for gas, and you step on something and you can't treat it. So medical is a, is a huge thing. Those would probably be the first three that I would, I would. Me and
0: Kurt teach overland survival courses. It's amazing how many people want to have kits. Yeah. But you know, we had the conversation before where they want to have something to make themselves feel a little bit better about the situation. You know, lull some anxiety. But the reality is they don't have a lot of the technical skills or training because you get a big bag. you go online, you yeah, say, you I a want a trauma, bag." a trauma bag, and then you get it. It's, a then bag you throw it's, shit. The it's bandages, band-aids, Neosporin. And you're like, and they spent $300 got, on it and they spent 300 bucks on it.
2: Yeah. No, that's, that's the biggest thing is one of our, we did a trip up to the Sierra Nevadas and, um, it was, two things were surprising. One, the people who didn't have any type of medical on their car and two, the people who had it and didn't know how to use it. Yeah. And so uh, me and this guy named Dave, we did a, you know, a little mock-up, know your kid course. We just went over basic, you know, hemostatic agents and, and how to use a tourniquet, uh, SAM splint, that kind of stuff. And people were heavily engaged into it. I'll bet, and yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that we've talked about before where... You know the survival aspect and the medical aspect in the overland community is it's lacking. You know that there's not many people will teach you how to use your winch, but then they won't teach you what will happen if that winch snaps and hits you. Yeah, you don't I don't know why, but
1: I literally just had like a, a flashback to Afghanistan where we were trying to pull a stuck jingle truck out of a riverbed, and we literally had four GMVs hooked up together with cables and toe straps and fucking all kinds of shit. And one of the cables broke and actually slung forward, uh, of this convoy of vehicles that are attached to each other. And the steel hook landed in the back of a GMV and just buried itself in the metal, you know? And I'm thinking, dude, if that would have been somebody's dome piece, oh damn, it would have sounded like a Louisville slugger. Done, cracking son. It, you know? Yeah. Anyway.
0: That's well, that kind of stuff, you know, it happens on the trails all the time. Yeah. So. Where Roll people overs. are injured, yeah, rollovers, head injuries, and and you're absolutely right. I think you know the the priorities as you laid it, you know, with off road, but also having a contingency to deal deal with that, manage that, is the reason why we do like the minimalist kit. The we actually have a, a larger home kit, but it's a good vehicle kit yeah. that has the cat tourniquets to address bleeding, but also the stuff to address you know uh, cavity wounds and just. Minor stuff or abrasions, basic trauma trauma that would happen on the trail. Uh, That's a good point. Your vehicle right now is in SEMA. It's on display. You have a relationship with a lot of companies. And, you know, when we talked about the relationships you have with companies, they're not necessarily giving you free shit. I mean, you're paying for it. And you're, like, bridging the gap between the company and the consumer as almost like this test bed, this test dummy, for lack of a better
1: (laughs) Term, I knew you, mean, you were going to say something because um, you started to smile you're like, <laughs> you're, like you're, a, you're a test dummy yeah yeah um but
0: when when we uh, when I looked at your truck some of the things that impressed me are that everything's a utility option it's like your your truck is like the Gerber uh multi-tool yeah it's
1: like of, super functional
0: know. yeah there's nothing there that's just like glitz and glamour it's all functional stuff I, you do have some key components that I, I want to talk about because I actually am jealous and I want them on my vehicle. <laughs> but one of them is the Magnuson Supercharger, mm-hmm. which, you know, you're one of nine in the nation right now to get that and to basically test and R&D it. And he did the install. And you did the damn install by yourself. It only took you 24 hours to do
1: <laughs> But I'm not talking shit though. Cause if I was under there, under the hood, trying to make that happen, it would have been like yeah. 48 hours. So yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't be a supercharger. It'd just be like a piece <laughs> yeah. of metal,
2: a weight parts. So
0: what do you, what do you think about that supercharger? Uh, and kind of like how that, you know, how that go down and what's your relationship with them? And then how do you like it? I mean, is it cool?
2: Um, well, yes, it's very cool. <laughs> uh, but well, the, yeah, the relationship it's, it's a weird story. Um, actually, you know, we all share a mutual friend, Ryan, Ryan Curtis, he's a yeah, a good uh, director. We did the Oscar Mike thing yep. with Mike.
0: Jackie, Jacqueline Brojack, and then uh,
2: yeah, and did, then you worked. I did on... a
0: documentary on Phil Kraft, like yeah. a little mini series, which yeah, it's pretty cool. Short story,
2: short version is uh, one of my buddies. He actually is sponsored by Magnuson, races a Corvette. It's pretty sweet. Uh, makes way more power than my Forerunner does. But, uh, <laughs> no, he. Uh, I saw they posted a picture on Instagram saying that they're coming out with a Forerunner platform. And uh so I reached out to my buddy and see if he had a contact. Cause I feel like it's more authentic when someone who is already in there or has that relationship is there where that connection is made instead of you just blowing yeah. reaching You're out to them. DMing exactly. Yeah. Um so he said he did have a contact, provided me with a phone number, and so I called this guy. I was actually pushed out on work uh out of the continental US and we uh we started a conversation and He mentioned some things about racing NASCAR. I was like, oh, I know two people who run NASCAR, um, some mutual friends, and named him off. And I said the name Jesse, and the guy kind of went a little silent. And I said, oh, I was like, yeah, he's a veteran. He's in the Navy. And then he's actually on (laughs) on my my friend's show, Oscar Mike. And he wasn't saying anything. I was like, all right, he's a black dude. And he goes, you're talking to him. I'm like, oh, Jesse. I was like, dude, we met at Oscar Mike. He goes, oh, wow. So we set a meeting time and went down and told them, you know, my goal behind it and what I can help them do. And then, a few months later, there's one sitting for me to install or figure out how to install.
0: That's so, awesome. And so you went in there, and they're like, "You're like, dude, this is gonna be easy because I'm gonna show up yeah. and I'm gonna watch the install, manage stuff." And they're like, "No, nah, bro, get your crescent wrench." Let's
2: get started. <laughs> oh yeah, we yeah. I, I had the I had the mindset that I was just gonna oversee and take some good. I actually had my buddy HJ come and take some pictures of it. Um, little did I know, is you know, they handed me the uh, instructions. And said, <laughs> Have fun. Let us know if there's anything in the instructions that makes sense. And I understand why they did that. I mean, they wanted to make, well, they wanted to make the kit as easy that, so easy that uh, you don't have to be master tech to install it. A dummy can do it. A dummy (laughs) can do it. And that's exactly what happened. So, so easy a caveman can do it. It took us like 11 hours. (laughs) It was pretty bad. 11 hours and that was right after I got off work. So I ended up being up for about, you know, almost 40 hours getting this thing put in. But it was all worth it, totally worth it. And it's, it's um, worth every penny. I didn't get it for free. I did pay for it, and it's changed the vehicle immensely. It's, it's Do you have not, some numbers on horsepower? Yeah. So the uh, well, I can say what my numbers were, um, and keep in mind it's on 34. so it's different. You lose percentage uh, larger tire you get, but um, I went in with those and I dynoed to the wheels two seventeen two eighteen. So that's about right, saying that it comes two seventy to the motor from the from the factory. And you have x amount of percentage loss in that from uh, the motor to to the wheels. So Put the supercharger in, and the last dyno we did—I'm still testing one of the tunes—but the last dyno was three three thirty-six, three hundred seven yeah. to the wheels. So that's just over four. I mean, that's more than what a Tundra makes. Wow! Damn. So yeah, it's it's, awesome. it's great, it's great. Yeah.
0: So you get the pickup when you need it, and then it doesn't really, uh, you know, it doesn't really have an impact on the drivetrain and the system when it's not
2: running, right? Correct. Yeah. So it, it's got a bypass. So when you're not actually, you know, pedal to the to the floor the supercharger is really not engaged. So the by the bypass isn't only engaged unless you really need to get into boost. A lot of the problems that people, you know, a lot of people that are hesitant in buying one actually go to Mexico because you, you're not going to find you have to run 91 octane or better. In the with the supercharger. Yeah. So you have to run premium. Oh, wow. Okay. So The problem is, is these people who do go to different areas that don't have quality gas, um, they, they are afraid they can't run it. But technically, there's a way around it. You can like Zip tie the bypass, and it just won't engage the supercharger whatsoever. Because the pulley system is entirely separate, so you can actually snap a pulley, and you can still drive your truck. Oh, nice! It's crazy. It's stock. It's stock. Yeah.
0: Huh? And then, so uh, another thing you could do is like octane booster, right? You could do. You can. You can carry like a garbage bag full of. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Or a bunch of jerry cans. You know, it's it's you gotta. I mean, everything with these trucks is you should always plan. You know, it's like the pace method, right? so you always should have a primary and an alternate and a contingency and you should always plan for something bad to happen so i always carry extra fuel even if i'm driving to work i carry extra fuel when i'm driving to work i carry water you know uh we're in california earthquake can happen anytime absolutely gas lines are gonna be crazy so i'm always making sure that my tank i'll fill it up at halfway to make sure that i have a full tank um and then even all the parts inside the truck is is i always have a backup i have a backup medical kit I have a backup. If my tires are deflating, I have a backup way to inflate them.
1: Um, it's all good stuff, yeah. man. This is exactly what uh, what we're always trying to tell our listeners on the podcast is to be prepared uh, for natural and man-made disasters, right? You have a uh, recovery kit? Mm-hmm. What's your recovery kit include? Uh, well...
0: Uh, Besides IPA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I really Which like it. okay.
2: We, yeah, we import yeah, that, that. You need that. recovery for the vehicle. Um, I, I use a lot of Mean Mother off-road. Mean Mother 4x4. Um, still, I don't have a winch yet, but looking into some winch op- options. But uh, Mean Mother makes some really great products. They're out of uh, Australia. Um, and actually, they work coincided with another company I work with. For recovery is my traction boards, which are tread 4 by 4s um, They're very similar to Max Tracks, but um, the cost is a little more uh, understandable when purchasing it. And then, uh in terms of like inflating tires, I, I honestly run a Smitty built uh, People call it shitty built, but I run a Smittybilt uh, compressor. It's worked fine for me. It does everything mm-hmm. I need it to. And then I actually just installed a power tank, power tank dump board for the build. Um, I still paid for it but they're, you know, one of the sponsors, I guess you can call them. Um, and it's a 10 pounds CO2 tank. Uh, and I could fill all four tires from like 18 pounds to 37 pounds twice with that one tank. So that's, that's your, your backup. If your compressor breaks and those seals on those compressors are, you can buy, you can have a via air compressor and nothing will go. How do you get it filled back up? You just go to home. CO2. Oh? Yeah. Just go to any place that fills a CO2 tank and just fill it cool. right up.
0: Nice. it's pretty cool. How long does that last in the system? Can it just. Can it maintain? Is there a trickle that comes out of it?
2: No, it stays, it maintains that. Their platform is extremely Mm -hmm. solid. So you have your two different gauges so you can see if it's leaking. Um, And then it runs with a 30 foot line, cold 30 foot line uh, that you can run to all your tires and figure out what the PSI you wanna run it to.
0: What PSI do you run when you're like going over hardcore trails and boulders and rocks?
2: If I'm going through any like loose dirt, I usually average, I always go down to 18 pounds. That's usually what I stick to. If it's snow, I've gone down to 14, um, just cause you want to get as much traction as possible. Um, and daily driving. Um, I honestly, I, I probably would get better gas gas mileage if I didn't do this, but, um, I run 35 PSI. Usually people are running 40, 45. I run 35 too. All I yeah. run. It's just a comfortable, a more comfortable ride. It doesn't, it doesn't take these little bumps in the road, especially on empties, which are super knobby. They'll take those little bumps in the road and yeah. make it seem like all the mm-hmm. hell is breaking loose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you had uh,
0: one piece of advice to give to build resilient mindset, um, to improve your mental game, what would it be?
2: Surround yourself with like-minded individuals. Uh, noted. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. No, I think I think that's 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 the key thing. Is is people? It's it's our tendency to kind of draw our own conclusions, and sometimes it's more on the negative side than it's on the positive side. So bring yourself around people who are that have the same ability or a better ability to understand what life is and um uh the you know how hard it actually is life is not easy and i think especially with my generation we're brought up in a way that we automatically assume that it is easy and that everything is going to be handed to us we'll we go get our four-year degree in some and then ridiculous you're study, study world human studies <laughs> and then you're going to get out and be making millions of dollars or yeah. you're going to go create an app and it's you're going to make millions of dollars and i think that's that's one of the the problems these days is everyone, you know, outside of the veteran community too, is, is people are lost. So, uh, mentors are huge. I mean, I think, I think that was kind of one of the reasons why, um, I started the conversation with, with, with you guys is cause, uh, it was a guidance thing and listening to your podcast, you know, I think it helps more than just myself listening to it It helps all the people who are, are fans of it is that's their outlet. You know, that's where they get all their information for them to get through the week. Yeah whether it be just them reminiscing of what their time was in the military or when they were a cop or whatever, bringing back those memories or even just talking about current events and how people should be handling them is, is a way for people to cope with what, you know, the crazy world we live in today.
1: Huh. It's awesome, man. Yeah. It's thanks good. For, uh, yeah. It's cool to hear your perspective. Cause I think sometimes Mike and I are just banging our heads. Like what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for
0: coming on the podcast, Trav and, and talking about, uh, uh, you know your your life and kind of like the lessons learned that you've you've had um how can people uh reach out to you and how can people see what you got going on with your forerunner the else what's the best outlets
2: uh primary is instagram so it's at travis hess underscore that's two s's A- yeah h yeah. it's like the gas station yeah <laughs> you're near, you're near to we discuss this yeah i wish <laughs> um, and then uh, I do have a website. It's in his beta testing. It's yeah. Um So that's where- In, we'll in beta do... testing, does that mean, uh, is, is that a
0: complicated way to say it's not up and
2: running? Right? <laughs> no, it's up and running. It's just, I'm trying to like ease the way so people like look at it and they're like, okay, he's only just starting it. We uh, won't judge too much. Yeah. But there I do like company spotlights in the off-road industry. And, um, you know, I'd like to just to give a quick little shout out to all those who helped me, you know, pick up- Yeah, you know, go make for my it, bro. vehicle and um, the companies I've worked with. Um, with Front Runner Outfitters, that was my first little get go. They helped supply my rack and my tent and all the accessories. Icon provides all the suspension. Um, then I have uh, Pelfrey built bumpers. Which I'll have. Which you'll have. Which you'll yeah, cool. Yeah, direct bolt on, no cutting. Super nice. Um, Magnuson for sure. McQueen Fiberglass did my fenders, which are custom three. I will have those as well. <laughs> those are super sweet. Um, and then I got uh, Orange Box Fab. Power tanks, VTX wheels, Toyo tires, Snowmaster for my fridge. The drawer system. The drawer system is front runner as well. Front runner. That drawer yeah. system is very cool. Me. Yeah, um, and then Alltrade Concepts provides all my lighting. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. <laughs> Your <laughs> mom. My mom. I'd like Chelsea you, yeah, for letting Chelsea. me do this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she's excited because I'm like she thinks I'm coming to an end. It's, it, only the it's, yeah, it's only the <laughs> yeah. beginning but what she doesn't realize is that after the truck it's back to back to guns yeah and it's back on. to guns or a trailer we need <laughs> yeah. a i need trailer. a trailer Ooh, i'm actually yeah. talking i'm talking with one they're bare teardrops they're in san diego they're doing some killer stuff I'm sorry chelsea i apologize <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not
0: encouraging song. this we're encouraging this so uh just a, f- a final update on some stuff that me and kurt have been doing one is uh this tribe thing that we talked about we give tribe updates and we call it the tribe update and it's a free service Mm -hmm. we do it weekly we did it yesterday with a walk around of travis's forerunner if you're not subscribed to it you can subscribe by texting the word survival to 55498 again text the word survival like on your phone to 55498 and then we just finalize our plans for the upgrade yeah and the upgrade Ah, uh, tribe upgrade is basically an advancement of the update where you get more information. Right. You get uh, tutorials. A tutorials every two weeks. Right. Um, you get a T-shirt. You get a membership coin that allows you VIP access to our survival expo that's going to be in April in Burnett, Texas.
1: Yeah. Which we're really excited about. Actually, Travis is helping us with that. The way that you can uh, be part of the tribe is also through our website, and uh, we have a sign up on there that you can provide your email. Uh, and that will come. Uh, that update will come to you via email as well. Yep. So you just don't have to give us your number. I mean, right. You want your number. <laughs> um, it's easier
0: actually. Uh, but we'll take emails as well. Also, some other incentives is you know we're we're looking at doing webinars uh, where you have access to those webinars. You know, we have the newsletter slash update. We do it via video. But these tutorial videos are literally teaching you the same stuff that we teach in courses, right? You know, it's a roll up of you pay monthly or annually and get a better deal annually. But you know, the incentive is obviously if you plan on coming to our course, but you can't because you can't exactly. travel yeah. Well, you get the same version of it in uh, a YouTube based format where you could basically get a private link to that video and then watch it and source it anytime you want. Yeah. uh to be able to
1: Which know, get up to speed i'm actually really excited about it because we get hit up all the time about hey where are we you know can we come to the east coast can we come down south can we be in all these places and of course you know mike and i run in fieldcraft we have to balance our time so this is a perfect uh way for you know if we can't get out to the east coast or the south or wherever folks want us and this is a way that you can access information from fieldcraft survival uh makes a lot of sense to be part of the tribe so Yes, it'll be good yeah. stuff. be good stuff. Uh, what else, Curtis? Um, we're here at SEMA. Obviously Travis's vehicle is here. Uh, we did the Tacoma build on my vehicle. Um, it will continue to have parts added to it and a couple things uh, changed and to make it even more functional, um, we're excited that uh, it, it was able to make it here. It was pretty damn close on the timeline. We are supporting Gold Star Teen Adventures uh, with this vehicle. Um, so I will sell the vehicle and probably two to three months after SEMA, uh, pay the loan off and all the profit is going to Gold Star Teen Adventure. So we're excited about that. Um, we're excited to support that organization. They take care of children and teenagers of fallen special operations service members. Um, hugely important to both Mike and I important that even as civilians that we put back into the special operations community. The war on terror is not going anywhere. Uh, everybody saw the news in New York and everything that's going on. It's important that we support these guys and their families. They will be at the tip of the spear and they will be doing that job for a lot of years to come. So, yeah, the GoFundMe link on my Saw
0: Survivor is a way you can donate up until the point in which you, we sell. Um, also, we're raffling or, or giving away. Those meanies that that's were right, treasured made yeah. from warrior woven. That's right. Uh, that will be also the proceeds that will be given to Gold uh, Sartine Adventures. So yeah, thanks for supporting us on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next courses seventeen or I'm sorry, eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, Phoenix, Arizona, with it's our collaboration uh, courses of action. That's right, Pistol Um After that, our, our next courses are going to be December second and third. In Burnett, Texas, we're doing carbine on the second. We're doing a T Triple C slash active shooter course on the third. Uh what else? November 25th. Sorry, backtrack. November 25th <laughs> yeah. 26th.
1: Those are sold out. That's what right sold,
0: sold out pistol and carbine. I'm sorry, pistol and pistol, both gunfighter courses. We I've gotten a lot of DMs asking when the next ones are. We submitted for the dates. We we'll did. have January dates coming out soon. And once we do, we'll we'll list it on the website and on social media.
1: Yeah, the plan is right now for you guys listening uh, from California, uh, we will be teaching quite a bit uh, 2018 in California, at least a course a month, uh, unless something changes for us business wise or something else. But we have uh, forecasted those classes for 2018 in series California. Cool.
0: Yeah. Anything else? Nope. Okay, guys. Thanks (laughs) for tuning in. Uh, Until next time. Stay alert. Stay alive you